Hola! This is Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Yeah, I threw a little Spanish in there today. That's because our two guests on the show, Kelly Reeves and Brittany Howard, just got back from two tournaments in Mexico, taking third in both Norsecas. They were super fun guests, and you would think, by the way, that they've been playing and just how fun they are to talk to and, and just like their chemistry as friends and partners already that they've been playing for longer than two tournaments. But it's just those two. They've made back-to-back finals in the North Seca, and they will be in the main draw in Huntington Beach uh, next week. We're all looking forward to that event. It's a huge one. So enjoy our conversation with Kelly Reeves and Brittany Howard. And just a heads up here. So we, we have new audio equipment, and we're still fiddling with it, and we're still kind of trying to make it work so the audio is a little bit off again hopefully this is the last week uh and then we're we're still tinkering with it but we're figuring out as we go so bear with us here for one more week of kind of a, a little fuzzy audio and then we'll give you some uh some good stuff here next week so appreciate you guys listening and enjoy sandcast what's gucci (laughs) (laughs) hola yeah hola Hola. we're happy to be home fun weekend Yeah. yeah so how take us through the travels How's it been? This is kind of the first, I know you just posted about sort of the, the grind of scrambling around for traveling and filming and recovering and playing. So how was the first one of the season? It was good. I think um, we just, I don't know, I think it was just a really good start for us, kind of a new partnership. And I think both tournaments, we worked on some stuff and obviously we got some good results, but we're still hungry for more and still kind of fine tuning who we are as a team and just prepping and getting ready for the summer to start. So we're excited and it's been super fun. Yeah. First weekend was in Aguas Calientes. This past weekend was in La Paz. I feel super grateful to be playing with Kelly. This is my first Norseca experience and playing with her was really fun and she kind of showed me the ropes through the international competitions and kind of stuff you run into and have to deal with. So it was a really good learning experience for me and for both of us as a team. Was that your first international beach? Tournament? I played in a tournament in China in November, but that was like a festival. It had nothing to do with FIVB. So, okay. yeah. Well, what was it then? I'm curious. It was just, it was me and my partner last year, Corinne Quiggle, and then another, it was like the U.S. college national team, and the other pair was Nicolette Martin and Therese Cannon. And then six other teams, one from Canada and the other five were from China. Okay, yeah, sounds just, pretty cool. Yeah, cool enough. Did you get paid? <laughs> We did. Yeah. They handed us go. like the on, the envelope like right oh, yeah. when we got our medals. They're like, here you go. Envelope. Yeah. Good it was like twenty dollar bills. Like score. <laughs> it was awesome. But this was um, I told Brittany I was like, just keep your expectations very low. Like it's Norseca. Like it just you never know what you're gonna get. It's and a great vacation though. Yeah, it was super fun. La Paz was awesome. It was um, we played in a night match which was super sick and it's. It was amazing. Like all, like our whole USA team was there. Like all the other athletes, so it was super fun to represent USA in a night match. Yeah, and the other teams that were there with us um, this past weekend was Kim Smith and Mackenzie Ponnet, and the men's teams were Reed Pretty and Troy Field, and then Avery Drost and Chase Freshman. And it was a really fun group this last weekend, and everyone was there supporting each other. You know, like shaking hands when or loss after our matches. Okay. And yeah, it was just really cool to get to kind of vacation, but also like grind it out with everyone else. 
not only like a fun group, but a successful one. Everyone podiumed, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We podiumed. We definitely uh, celebrated (laughs) on the podium for sure. (laughs) That was my first time doing uh, the champagne. Yeah. And I just like sent it. I was like, let's do it. Like it was <laughs> yeah. so fun. Full send, like just got it everywhere. It was so fun. All it was clo- or I guess bathing suits. Well, we still were smell like champagne. Yeah, we were in our clothes because we we played the bronze medal match, so we went back, mm-hmm. showered, and then we didn't and really we know what to wear. Cha- yeah. Champagne with it. It was like our only nice clothes and then we were just like drenched <laughs> in yeah. the champagne. Everything else we were like everything else was dirty, so we just put on our last pair of clean clothes and yeah, I've just kind of spent the rest of the night a little bit sticky, but it was super fun and yeah, just a really good bonding moment for us all. That's cool. So they they didn't give you champagne because that, that was your second Norseka stop, right? Yes. Yeah. And they didn't give you champagne in the first one. No. You got no. Both, right? right. Yeah. But the first one, we had to catch a flight. Okay. So Sunday in Aguas Calientes, we booked a 9 p.m. flight, and then we ended up having our ceremony during the men's final. So to catch our flight, and then Reed was on the same flight, so we kind of held the plane for him. <laughs> so we're like, we got to bounce, sorry. So, But they were really cool. Like, Norsega, they were, like, awesome and, like, respected it. And we were very thankful, so we got to get our flight home, which was Was nice. anything on time during the tournament? Aguas Calientes, <laughs> no. It was everything was behind because everything went, like, three matches. Um, and, but then La Paz, it was very smooth, like, they were on top of we it. We had some crazy memories out on, in my Norsega. Oh, I believe like, it. Even the technical meeting was like an hour late, and everyone's just sitting there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our <laughs> technical meeting in Aguas was supposed to start at 9, and it didn't really get going until 11, 11.30. PM. Yeah. 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 yeah, so professional athletes who are trying to perform at their best the next day, yeah. they're making them stay up late for no reason. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, standard Norseka. Olympics went to though in London and or Rio that they they had matches going off at like midnight, didn't they? Well, right. that's because so the that TV. It could be, yeah, TV. So prime time. Prime time. Yeah. Same that's, as Rio. That's gotta be so tough to get jazzed up to play at midnight. Like night matches are fun, but I'd be like a zombie. I would need a double espresso shot. Well, you see, <laughs> you just you just fully set your schedule days in advance, yeah. and you try to sleep it until like yeah. ten or eleven. So that yeah, that becomes your. I kind of had to do that when I covered the Winter Olympics for Yahoo because we had shifts from midnight to eight in the morning. And so you try to sleep from like three to eight, which is impossible. Yeah. So you just kind of lots of espresso. Lots of espresso. <laughs> That's the kicker for sure. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are a new partnership, and Brittany, you're like relatively new to the beach. I mean, you played you played three years at beach at Stanford, right? Yes. And then one year at Pepperdine. Yes. And then last year was like kind of half AVP sort of. You traveled the ones that you could go to. Yes. So I, so I did my fifth year at Pepperdine. Absolutely loved it. Best choice that I ever made to go and compete for that program. And when we were done at uh, Gulf Shores, I was kind of like, okay, it's the summer, and I went home for a week, and I came back, and then Cranon asked me if I wanted to play in any AVPs, and that was not on my radar at all. I figured I'd, I had a job. Um, in El Segundo last summer, so I just figured I'd play in some CVVAs. So we went to New York, Seattle, San Francisco. The first time we qualified was Hermosa, qualified for Manhattan, and then I played in Chicago with Nicolette Martin, and we qualified there. So I, I mean, a year ago, if you would have told me this is where I would be, and I'd be partners with Kelly Reeves playing for North Seca, I would definitely not believe you, and it's just been really 
cool and an awesome experience. And I read in a, an interview that you did with Dig Magazine, which I also write for, that when he went to Pepperdine, um, Coach Matthews was like, this is not good. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had, a, before I went to Pepperdine, I went and trained with Holly McPeak, and I still have the texts from her saved on my phone. I just texted her later that day being like, hey, I know today was really rough. Thank you for sticking it out with me, but I'm really excited. I love, I really had so much fun, even though it was so bad. And she sent back something totally positive, just like, I've been thinking about you today. You know, you have a lot of upside. Like, I need a month with you. You can be great. And that was, so that was before I got to Pepperdine. Pepperdine was a little bit rough start, but everyone, especially practices at Zuma Beach with the wind, that also didn't help transitioning from the indoor, but... Marcio, Nina, Gustavo, all my teammates were really patient with me, and I felt like I just had a really great support group and just tons of coaches and all the girls helped me to get where I am. So very thankful for that. So how did this partnership end up coming about? Because you know, every offseason there's a nice mad shuffle of mm -hmm. partners, and obviously Kelly, your partner, Jen Fatma, is pregnant, and they had their baby, right? Yeah, yes. baby boy. Baby boy, so congrats to Jen. and, and Shout out. <laughs> but... So what was the partner search looking like, and how did you guys end up partnering up? You want me to tell it? You want to <laughs> tell it? Take it away, Kyle. I'll take it away. Um, well, during the fall, I moved up here. Like, we talked about this on the phone call earlier, but I moved up here in the fall, and I didn't have a partner, so I was just getting a ton of training, trying out different, you know, players, and then I was kind of flirting with, you know, maybe I had to be flirting with like being a blocker. Like it was just, there weren't a lot of blockers available. So just kind of doing a little bit of everything. And then I texted Brittany and was like, I knew she was traveling overseas or she was studying abroad. And I was like, Hey, when you get back, like I'd love to get in the sand. Like, let's see what happens. So when she did come back, like she was trying people out and I respect that. And so was I. And then once we kind of stepped foot into the sand, it was just like, Whoa, like such a cool connection. I was like, this could be something like I wanted to do it. So then we trained a little bit more and yeah, the rest is history. We're like, let's do this. So yeah. yeah. Another fun fact, uh, Kelly hosted me on my recruiting trip at UCLA when Dude. I was in high school. Nice. <laughs> so we've, and our moms know each other and play yeah. against each other. So we've kind of been family friends for a while. And I've obviously always respected Kelly and looked up to Kelly, um, throughout our careers at Pep or UCLA and Stanford. And yeah, it was the fact that she reached out to me while I was in Barcelona finishing up my master's degree. I was really excited and it just clicked ever since we got in the sand. So, yeah. So what went wrong on the recruiting trip? <laughs> Clearly I was not a good host. maybe. I don't know. I don't even remember. Like I kind of remember it a little bit, but no, she's a Cardinal. I was a Bruin. It's all good. How far away you live from Stanford? You grew up in Norcastle. I'm assuming that that's just the school you probably grew up wanting to go to. I grew born like born and raised like a Stanford volleyball fan. I went to all the camps and stuff. But in high school, I really thought I was going to go to UCLA. That like I just was like really into it. So I was kind of struggled with like, oh, do I want to do UCLA? Like, really like it. But then I loved Stanford my entire life and kind of just when I got the call from admissions that I was in, couldn't really turn that opportunity down. So that was, and it yeah. worked out. It was a great fit for me and Pepperdine was also a great fit as well. It's hard to pass up on that one. Yeah, I tried, didn't get in. 
my grades weren't good enough. <laughs> I didn't try. I, I don't think I took didn't one. I didn't take. I didn't take like one AP or anything. Like my SAT score was just super low, and like was whatever. It was a reach school, Stanford, but I was happy with UCLA. So UCLA is like a top twenty academic yeah. school still. Like if you look at, it's crazy to look at the academic rankings, and I think like ten out of the top twenty are from California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the UC system is way up there, obviously Stanford. Number one. How great was that call, by the way, to get into Stanford? Because I feel like when you apply to Stanford, a part, the rational side of you has to know that this is a really long shot, no matter if you, even if you get a perfect SAT score. Right. Yeah. And I think part of my mentality was I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket, and I didn't want to think, like, oh, this is my number one and not get it and feel like I went with my second choice. Not that it would be a bad one or anything. Um, but yeah, I always, I, every time I took my SAT, I got a call that said, take it again, take it again. It was like, raise your math score, raise your writing score. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, I worked hard at it. It was something that I really wanted. And after I took my SAT the third time, I was kind of like, okay, this is it. Like, here's my package. If you want me, great. If not, it's not meant to be. So that was kind of my mentality. And both of you guys are obviously exceptional learners because I mean, you were mentioning that I mean, how long, less than a year ago, right, that you were practicing with Holly McPeak and you're like, that was a little rough. And now you know, you're playing with one of the best defenders in the country. And Kelly, you know, 2016, you were the rookie of the year. And then last year you get two thirds mm-hmm. in just your second year in what, Seattle and San Fran. So how do you guys go about developing so quickly? I and mean, what's the training routine look like for you guys? Um, well, for me, what it was, um, I kind of linked up with one of my mom's family friend. Her name's Lori Forsyth, and I've been working with her as far as just kind of learning the game, um, and kind of the mental side, the strategy. So she's been really helpful for me and just has given me so much. So I've learned a ton from her and kind of, you know, she's helped Brittany out as well. And I think, but honestly, like, it's kind of just on us, too. Like, we're figuring it out. Like, we're learning from each other. Like, for example, this past weekend in La Paz, like, we don't have a coach. Like, we're on our own. And, like, we went through some stuff, and we hashed it out, had those hard conversations. But, like, it was just so cool that we figured it out on our own. And, like, yes, you want your coach there, but someone kind of gave me this advice once. I think it was Barb Fontana. She was like, you have to learn to win on your own. Because, I mean, when you're in the Olympics, like, you don't have a coach. They're in the stands taking stats. Like you have, you're there in the thick in the box. Like you have to figure it out. So we've done a really good job of that. And I think with both of these Norsecas, like it's a great preseason to kind of set us up for the AVP. And we do want to get onto the international circuit. But I think later in the calendar year. But I think we we're learning together. Like we take notes. We have those. You know, I don't say they're like hard conversations. They're just very. We're trying to figure it out like it's a puzzle piece. So we're trying to figure out what makes her tick, what make what makes me tick. Like it's just super cool that we have this like really awesome communication and it's been so much fun. So And what are some of these conversations that you've had to have? And Brittany, I'm kinda of curious from your viewpoint, being relatively new to the AVP scene, is it hard to not like stand up for yourself, but to say like if say if you wanted Kelly to change something, is that difficult to say just because you know that her knowledge of the game maybe is a little bit higher at this point? Because I know for me, 
being so new to the beach, I'm playing with Scott and Nicole, he's played like since he could walk. Like, I never tell him what he's doing wrong because I don't know what's actually wrong. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think. So, for instance, one, we did make a change between Aguas and La Paz, and that was my set. And But I didn't come from it like, oh, Kelly, you're giving me bad sets. It was we watched film, and I thought, okay, I think I want my set to be here. And then we talked about it, we practiced it, and then for us it was both like, yes, we should make that switch. And that was one thing that we implemented this last weekend. So, yeah, I get what you mean, and I, yeah, I feel like my knowledge of the game is much more limited than Kelly's right now, so I don't think there'd ever be an instance where I would tell her she's doing something wrong or like, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Point the finger. Exactly, no finger, yeah, the finger's <laughs> being pointed at myself. Um, so, but I think that, like Kelly said, the learning curve that we have together right now and the open and honest conversations about what we want to improve on is really great. But yes, I still have so much to learn. So does Kelly. Yeah. And we're learning together and we're really thankful for the coaches that we get to work with and then just, you know, the experiences we get on our own. Try how long did it take for you to kind of have open conversation with Hyde? Because that, that gap was huge. You know, yeah, totally. been in three Olympics before, you know, you knew algebra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. I, I still don't know algebra. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, no, I think I learned algebra at one point, but I definitely forgot it. Anyway, uh, no, it was huge. Yeah, going out there with Hayden, I was definitely smart, and then I just was gonna learn everything I could. Um, and it's like it's like what Brittany was saying. The only thing that I was kind of coming to him with was was my feedback and like trying to translate what he's telling me into my game. That was the biggest thing for me is. I knew I was good at my game, so I didn't want to lose that, but I had to take everything he was teaching me and translate that into, into my freestyle, because I'm very different than Hayden, probably opposite in terms of just like how my mind works in the game. Like I don't know the score, I don't know anything that's going on, I just play one point at a time. Um, and he's more of a thinker, you know? He's got a lot going through his head, which he can do. Um, so I definitely didn't want to try to do things like him, but there was a huge, huge gap there. And I, and I was learning, we played four years together. I definitely uh, gave my opinion more often the last year. Like I was getting to the point where I'm like, all right. And, and it was probably stupid, but I was probably getting, I was getting to the point at some points where I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to impl implement stuff that I'm learning. And, and, uh, see if he'll, he'll change his style for me, which never is going to work with John Hyden. No chance. <laughs> but that was, that's also like playing so many events together and like traveling all year and like just getting frustrated and, and me going through highs and lows emotionally like, this isn't working. Either you fix it or I'm going to fix it. And you're not fixing it, so I'm going to fix it. And then it's just me like blabbering about whatever to John Hyden who's just like sitting there like, all right, are you done? Like, shut up. <laughs> Let's get back to work. <laughs> All right, fine. So, yeah. I, I, I was smart, and I just learned as much as I possibly could. Uh, I think your ego wants to jump in every once in a while, you know? Um, but it's good. Like, as long as your partner is, is, knows that that's going through your head and that you're going to be learning stuff as well and that they have to be open to learning with you, then it's going to be fine. And with you, Brittany, like, what are some of the specifics that you've learned getting out on the beach and sort of this 
huge learning curve that you've had just since playing for Pepperdine and now you're podiuming in North Seikos. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is keeping who I am as an indoor player and the things that I've learned in indoor and not throwing those out the window, just complementing that with the things that I'm learning that work on the sand. So I played indoor ever since I was nine. So that's obviously been a huge part of how I've like learned to play the game. And I think that moving forward, it's just kind of adding more toolbox to my, or more tools to my toolbox and just continuing to grow and learn more about the beach because I walk away from every game. I write a lot of stuff down after every practice, you know, from where I'm contacting the ball, what my hand is doing before and after, where I'm passing the ball in relation to my body. So I'm a very cerebral player in that I think about a lot of things. I have my mind kind of all over mm -hmm. um, but I'm learning how to control that and just you know kind of to let it flow a little bit more because the biggest thing I've learned is you're out of system a lot more on the beach and you can have a great plan but you have to make it work in the out of system situation so usually that's when it's like you can't be thinking and calculating you just have to deal with what you're getting I feel like I'm coming from the other side like I'm naturally that flow player that has to learn to think every once in a while. <laughs> and that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I've been trying to watch everyone this past year uh, being a broadcaster. So hopefully I learned a little bit something, but I guess we'll see once I get out there. We're excited for the return. Oh, thank you. Norseka <laughs> event, when you plan. <laughs> hey, let's go. Team Sandcast? Me and Travis. Oh, you got a point? You have a point? I have what for? Any points? For AVP? No. no. Norseka. <laughs> no. I was gonna play. We're gonna be dead last. I was gonna play in the qualifier with Skyler, but we uh, we didn't realize that there was a qualifier until like two days before, and so we didn't sign up. Oh well, we'll get you out there. It happens. Travis hasn't <laughs> traveled internationally yet. No, I've never left the country. I did get a passport, which was actually <laughs> there. You go. That's useful a step. because we needed a passport to sign up for FIVB Huntington. So nice. Yeah, I think start. yeah, <laughs> Kelly's passport <laughs> expires in three weeks, so she got it really close. Yeah. <laughs> right after Huntington, going straight to get a new passport. So. What, actually, what does the, the next couple of weeks look like for you guys? You do have Huntington coming up, and how many more Merseca events are you qualified for? So Cuba will be this coming weekend, and we are not going because we didn't know whether or not if we were going to be in the qualifier due to points because we didn't have international points, but we found out that we are in the main draw. Ooh, which is exciting. Um, First time not going to the qualifier. <laughs> so that's a big deal. It's exciting. So I think we, um, we're going to stay home and just get some good training in uh, with that Mikasa ball. We've played with like four different balls. So Norseka threw a curve ball. Normally we play with those like neon blue balls. They busted out like this red, white, blue, new molten ball. So it's like completely different. So that was fun. But I think... Now that we're home for, we get like a solid, what, like 10 days? Mm -hmm. And we're just going to rep it out with the Mikasa ball, get all our shanks out before. I'm still working on that. <laughs> Are you really? Perfect. <laughs> let's, let's train together. <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited to be home. That, the neon Norseka ball, it's, it's like kind of trippy because when it starts spinning, it's just, it's almost hard to see in a way. And like you mentioned on the phone call, it's super pingy. And then oh, you yeah. And the Mikasa and like, it almost has like dead spots. It would just hit the platform and die. Yep. 
Then you have the Wilson, and it, it cooperates. Like, it behaves. <laughs> we <laughs> love. Yeah, I love the Wilson. Yeah, ball. we love the Wilson. We love ball. Wilson. <laughs> yeah, dude, they are a sponsor of the show. Yeah. So Wilson, we appreciate you both for having the best ball in the game and for yeah. sponsoring. The show. It is weird that that like everyone says that though. Like, it's, basically, yeah. that should just be the ball that we play with. Everyone likes the Wilson. It has the most control. There's nothing weird about it. Maybe it's because we all grew up playing with it. I don't know. I grew up with it. I like it. In the Mikasa ball, it's, I mean, that's the ball you're going to have to play with, though, for, you know, the Olympics, and that's the path, but a ball is a ball. You just got to make do with it and just learn to carve it. Yeah, it's not fun uh, passing float serves from, like, the 7-1 guys on tour with that that Mikasa ball. I'm sure that comes, like, straight down. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's no fun. So what are the goals for you guys moving forward, and what were the goals to start? So when you played in that Merseca... Was the expectation going in to qualify, and then when you when you did qualify, was it to podium, or are you guys just kind of saying let's just play, see how we do, fix it after that? What's kind of the the process here? I think going into the qualifier, what we talked about was we just wanted to play in a tournament together against you know other top teams from the U.S. So going into that, we wanted the competition obviously with hopes to qualify, and when we did, we were really excited. And then once that was kind of a, not confidence booster, but just kind of like confirmed like, okay, yes, like we work well together. We were successful, at least in this tournament. And then we set our sights high. We wanted to podium. We wanted to win gold both weekends and, you know, getting knocked out in the semi-final is not fun. But then we had the opportunity both weekends to respond and show up for the bronze medal match. And I think we made a statement both times coming back for that. So... Yeah, that was kind of at least my thought process going into it. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head right there. Nice job, rookie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it was good. I think the Norsega playoff was just, I think that was the first time we competed in like a long time since Chicago. So for me, it was just like, all right, the off-season training, like let's let it rip. Like let's go for it. And then we took second. We qualified for these events. And then for me, it was like a little mini preseason to set us up for the summer. So, yeah, we walked away with, you know, two bronze, which is awesome. I mean, we wanted gold. I mean, I'll be honest, La Paz, I thought we we went in like, let's win it, and then had a little mishap. But then we bounced back and, like, kicked ass in the bronze, which was super cool. And to me, that's, like, a huge stride. It's like a small win, and you got to hold on to those small victories and just keep growing, keep getting better, and then, you know your time will come. So you just have to like stay patient, not get so caught up in the result. And there was a time where I kind of got like that. Cause like you see everyone getting all like on that world tour and this and that, but it's like my journey or our journey is different than everyone else's. Like we're doing it step by step. We know what we need to do and we're just going to enjoy it and rock it. So we're excited. I think getting bronze is like one of the best feelings besides getting gold you don't want to yeah. get silver you went you end on a loss yeah you went on a high like it was awesome it was super fun um yeah and I think what Brittany said like the semifinal, like in North Sega you have to play your other USA team and I think we as soon as we lost we sat in the box just breathed then we like all right let's figure out a plan like how are we gonna like win the bronze and we did a really good job. Like, we hashed it out. We, like, wrote up a plan and just, like, got our minds right. And then, like, that was cool. Like, to me, it was, like, it felt like a gold medal match because it's, like, 
what you do between from like those three hours for your next match, like how you prepare. Like I thought we did such a good job. It was super fun. So I think that says a lot about you guys as a team that you were able to rebound from your first loss really as a team yeah. and then to sort of reorganize and get it back together. So I know that when Carrie and April got bronze in Rio, she right. said that she was more proud of that bronze. And I don't know if she was just saying that for the media, maybe that's mm -hmm. the right thing to say, but she right. was like, you have to respond from the toughest loss of your life and regroup and then play mm -hmm. a day later and go win a medal. Yeah. So how, what did that process look like just communicating? Did you guys figure out what went wrong or were you just like, hey, don't worry about it. We're still one of the best teams here. How did you guys go about just discussing that and rebounding? I am a big believer in kind of decompressing and taking a moment for yourself after matches because I think when you try and have a conversation right after, it can be emotional mm -hmm. and then maybe the things you're saying aren't true or whatever. <laughs> so our thing was... We're therapists. I just looked over at my wife who's sitting on the couch. <laughs> Is she taking... I tell, oh, she comes over to be all nice to me after matches. Like She feels really bad that we lost. I'm like, I just, I just, I can't talk right now. Like, give, me, give me five minutes yeah. or like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. She so, feels so bad for me. I'm just yeah. like, I just need a second and yeah. then I'm good. Right. But I'm not good at being nice right now. So you might want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Kelly and I, we obviously high five. We hug after our match. We go back, sit in the box and we sit through the next team coming on, warming up. And then when we have to leave, we pick up our stuff, go back to the hotel and then I think Kelly jumped in the pool, I jumped in the shower, just kind of, you know, get the dirt off, get the sand off, get in the air conditioning, and then we just kind of sat down and was like, okay, what were the things that we need to work on? But then also we talked about what we did that worked. So it was like not all negative things. We were like, okay, these are the positives, these are what we need to keep, and then the things that we want to change or do differently for the next match. So I think that's how... I like to handle things, and that's how we yeah. handle things as a team. And, you know, these last two weekends, it's worked out. I think, I, I've, I mean, I've noticed, everybody knows this, but you learn a ton from losses, right? So uh, yeah. a lot of times it's really worth your time to, like, sit down and think about it. And it's funny because you seem to only do that when you lose, which gets me thinking I need to do it when I win as well instead of just, like, running around and celebrating, especially after you win a tournament, let's say. You should really take it all in and be like, remember, let's remember this feeling so I can start it up maybe next week. You know, when you're on the world tour, you're going back to back. But a lot of times you don't do that. When you win, you're just spraying champagne and you go party or whatever. Right. But when you lose, you sit down and you think about it and you take it all in and you actually get better. So that's something I'm going to try. I'm going to yeah. try to win and I'm going to celebrate real quick and then think about it and then celebrate. Yeah. I think even after our bronze medal in La Paz, like, we just sat in the box and we just looked at each other and I was like, all right, like this felt good. We addressed certain things that like, all right, let's figure it out. But like, I think we've done a very good job of just analyzing if that's the right word, every match. Cause we're just trying to get better. Right. Like that's kind of both where we're at. Like, I mean, granted this is my third year on tour, but I still need to get better. Like, and that's kind of been my... That's a rookie in beach volleyball. What? <laughs> I still feel young in beach yeah, volleyball. Yeah, and like... You guys making me feel You old. always can get better. Like, it's not going to be perfect. There's so many elements. You face adversity, and there's just so much. So, like, with us, it's kind of fun because we're learning together and growing. 
and like I'm finding a lot about myself and I'm sure you are too as well and I think it's neat to do that with someone that you're on the same page with so I think every match we we take our time we breathe and then we address it but like and it obviously comes from like a very positive um I guess place yeah <laughs> yeah so because I mean yeah we're we're competitive and I don't know it's just you got to keep those positive Gucci vibes always <laughs> but there are times where like we blow, like I get a little rage but like I got to jump in the pool or just like remove myself and just simmer down so we do a really good job with that now we're going to take a quick minute for a word from our sponsors this podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball listen the AVP plays with Wilson for a reason. The CBVA plays with Wilson for a reason. The college ranks play with Wilson for the reason. It makes the best ball in sports. All right, and now, good news as you're getting ready for your preseason to get ready for the season, you can save on all Wilson equipment by using our discount code Wilson Sand. That'll save you 20% on all purchases at Wilson. Listen, I know that we got to play with the Mikasa for Huntington Beach. I get it. But soon enough, Austin will be around the corner. The rest of the AVP season is around the corner. The rest of the college season is around the corner in CBVA. So use our discount code WILSONSAND to save 20% off on all purchases. I know you need some balls for the preseason. Listen, I need them too, all right? So don't be afraid to use our discount code and play the balls that the pros play. Hi, everyone. Amanda Dowdy here. I'm a professional beach volleyball player, and I absolutely love the benefits of Firefly Recovery. I use the Firefly straps to help boost my recovery while I travel, after training or practice, and in between matches at a tournament. It is simple to use, and its small size makes makes it perfect for travel. Firefly recovery has become a staple in my training regimen, and honestly, it should be in every athlete's gym bag. Check out Firefly recovery for yourself and change your game. This podcast is also brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Listen, we know that volleyball doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of coverage, all right? That's why VolleyballMag.com has you covered. It's your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. You want indoor volleyball? They got you. You want photos? Ed Chan is on the case. You want video? We're starting to add that to Sandcast. You want audio? Sandcast goes through VolleyballMag.com, and with writing... Me, Lee Feinswag, Megan Kaplan, and Ed Chan, the team at VolleyballMag.com, we got you covered. So if you're looking for volleyball news, go to VolleyballMag.com, which is the one and only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every single day. You mentioned that you always learn the most from a loss, but just your guys' track record so far, you lose, you've lost fairly little. You know, you won four straight CIS in high school. And you left us about the San Diego County leader in digs and kills. Yeah, I think and someone I think you broke were that. <laughs> I think you all time leaders in kills at your high school, too. And now here you guys are. I mean, you're, you're getting third in North Sakers right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you do lose, like, how long does it take you to really get the lesson out of it? Because I feel like that's probably still sort of a shock to the system a little bit when you actually not win something. Yeah. I think, well, when we lost both times in the semis, I think it's just one of those things where we were like, it was almost like, what? Like, it was almost just kind of like weird. So then we were just like thinking about it. And I would say like, what, 20 an hour? 20, 29. 20 minutes to an hour. Oh, so oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess debrief. Yes. But like, I think it was just one of those things like we both kind of have to like think about it. And then we would like, we addressed it right away. So we do a really good job with that. I mean, but then we're on like, we're like bronze medal. Like, what are we going to do? 
this is the card, that, this is what happens, like, what are we going to do about it now? So instead of, like, sulking and, like, oh, this, that, like, being so negative about it, instead we turn it into a positive, like, let's go get it. Like, let's, we have another opportunity to play, so why not go get, go get the browns? So, sorry, I just stumbled my words there. <laughs> but, yeah. Words are hard. That's why I like writing. So when you stumble, yeah. you go clean it up later. <laughs> I found that you can say words wrong and people still know what you mean. So you just... Yeah. just We're not just perfect. Talk. You know what I mean. It's what makes <laughs> us us, us, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. So moving forward for the year, have you guys mapped out any goals just long term? Or are you just looking at our Huntington is in, what, 10 days? Mm-hmm. So are you guys taking this one term at a time or are you starting to, are you starting to look a little bit more long term? I mean, we have all of our flights booked for AVP, so I mean, we've <laughs> planned on that end, which is a big success. Um, but I think, yeah, we just we want to take it one tournament at a time, one day at a time, one match at a time. You know, whenever the rankings come out and we figure out who our first match is against, I don't think we're going to – you can't look past that. We'll just start, you know, preparing for that game and then prepare for win or lose whoever we play next. So I think that's how that's how we're taking it on right now. Yeah, just getting better day in, day out. Love the grind. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, you only played in one AVP qualifier, right? Just Huntington last or two years ago mm-hmm. with Allie McCulloch. Mm-hmm. And then you played in three, and now you're... I played, well, I played in New York... Seattle and San Francisco oh, didn't sorry. make it out. No, sorry to bring that up. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Earn your stripes. Um, so uh, yeah, I played in six, and but only qualified for three. Okay. Well, how nice is it going in automatic? Cause this is your first automatic main draw, right? I'm sure that the approach into that tournament is just leads. I wouldn't know <laughs> personally, but I'm sure that the approach to it is maybe a little bit lighter, knowing that you don't have to deal with the qualifier before main draw. Yes and no. I mean, I also liked the qualifier because, I mean, for the ones when I made it in, like those ones a little bit more, it was kind of nice to feel that, I mean, you could look at it from like, oh, you've already played three matches, but I was like, yeah, I've already played three matches and we've had people serve us and we, I've gotten to like hit more live balls than the people that I'm playing right now. So, I mean, I'm stoked to be in the main draw, but I... If we, if we had to play in the qualifier, we would grind through the qualifier. So just kind as, of as you make Sundays, you're gonna be glad you didn't make that qualifier. <laughs> right, <laughs> haven't made a Sunday yet, so yeah, it'll happen. That's the goal. <laughs> I had some fun calling your matches. Uh, I think I got two or three of your matches on stadium court last year. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! It was nice. We had two. It was one in Hermosa was against. Um, Lindsay Nudson and Jessica Cora. Yeah. And then the other one was against my new roommate, Katie Spieler, shout out. <laughs> and <laughs> Carissa Cook, who Sandcast was. Sandcast Wild Card. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, Carissa was my um, setter, my senior, my her senior year, my freshman year at Stanford. So, yeah, that was a fun match. Oh, yeah. What's it going to be like when you and Katie play each other this year and one of you guys wins and one of you loses and then you got to go come together? Good luck with that. <laughs> Winner makes dinner. Um, I don't know. I love Katie. We have actually trained together a lot this off season. I mean, she's an incredible player and, man, she chips around my block. 
But, you know, Katie, if you're listening to this, watch out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we love you, Katie. Yeah, Katie, you're the, the best. nicest trash talker. <laughs> Katie's awesome. She's just, like, super cool, like, just works hard, and she's just a really good person, so. Yeah. I don't foresee any drama. Representing Hawaii a little. Gotta give her points for that. Yeah. yeah. Shoots, right? Shoots. <laughs> What's that? I think you guys were actually in Hawaii at the same time. <laughs> She wasn't getting helicopters. Yeah, I was I was uh, underwater on Kauai, but oh, yeah. yeah, she's hold. I think she uh, put a clinic on actually over at Queens Beach. This Hawaii, past weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. Her and Emily Hartong were played in an AVP next. They won. Good job. Shout yeah. out. And yeah, they hosted. <laughs> Are they playing together? The. Oh wait, so no, no, sorry, sorry. Who's Emily Hartong playing with? In Huntington, I think. I don't know. Is it? I guess we don't know. I think it was, um, it might be her friend from club. She was an animal indoors. Yeah, Hartong. Mm-hmm. Hartong. Yeah. Let's go both. Look out for that, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's, She's an up and coming for sure. So mm-hmm. we've done some training with her as well. And it's kind of cool to see like all the indoor players making that transition. Who's kind of the, the top indoor players coming out right now? I mean, Hartong's one. You're one, kind of. Um, there's a couple others that I should know, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, I mean, I was an indoor player and I made the switch, yeah, so. I guess every, m- most people Most are. people do. Although nowadays, the younger ladies are pure beach, right? Yeah, now that's you cool. You can play yeah. four years through. It's just cool to see how, like, big our sport is growing, so it's really neat. There's a lot of good players. Kind of at the front of that, too, when you were UCLA's first <laughs> Beach All American, mm-hmm. right? And then you played at Stanford and Pepperdine. So how much, how big of a difference is that making in that girls now have that option that you don't have to sort of not like shed the indoor player in you to play beach, but now you have real coaching and live reps for four extra years, including competition. Then you can go play pro. Like how big of a difference have you seen it make just coming out with girls who played in college and seeing you know girls like Nicolette and Corinne and yourself come out. Well, I mean, I think it starts before, I mean, now it's even before college, you have, you know, club where girls just only do club beach volleyball and there's tons of clubs here and popping up all over the country, which is super cool. So I think it's awesome that girls have the opportunity to focus on that in high school and college and the qualifiers were gnarly this year. So, I mean, yeah, back to your other statement, very thankful to not be in them because yeah, (laughs) girls are coming out they're just doing it for fun because they get to go back and do it, you know, for eight more months in the school year. But yeah, there are so, there's so much talent right now. I mean, girls and guys, but specifically on the girls side, because they're just getting so many touches with their college team. So it's really exciting to see the sport grow like that. And Kelly, I gotta say, I'm I'm a little disappointed that I haven't seen a Reeves report. Wow. Oh my God! Throwback. I think you need to bring the Reeves report back. I have typical Tuesday. That's kind typical of like Tuesday. what it is. It's a once a week. Yeah, I just don't have. Um, well, one, I don't have like the nice camera you guys have over there. <laughs> well, we can, what up? We can get you a camera to bring back the Reeves report. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. So Joel Bloxham is one of my best friends. Oh no and way! Did, did you guys go to UCLA together? Yeah, I think we crossed paths, and then I think he transferred though. He. Er, 
You went to, I think you finished at Cal Bat. Yeah, that's what it was. But no, I know Joel, yeah. Yeah. Men Yeah, he said that your your Instagram is like one of the greatest, so. Is it? <laughs> uh, I love it. I mean, Instagram's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's like my thing, but I enjoy it. I think it's a great way to connect with fans, people, kind of your brand. Typical Tuesday's kind of my thing. I like it. I mean, I don't know if people actually <laughs> like it, but I see who like I see who tunes in like every week, and for me, it's like you get the loyal fans, and that's super cool, and it's just a day in the life of what I do. Um, but yeah, we'll have to bring the Reeves report back this summer. Yeah, I'm excited. We're gonna have to bring that back. And All right, travel around. Don't Google it. <laughs> don't do it. It's so bad. Yeah, I've come a long way. I feel so. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> and so, where where can our listeners find you while we're on that topic on? Instagram to get some Gucci reports. Oh, the Gucci vibes, for <laughs> sure. Um, you can follow me at kellyreeve 2 on Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook is Kelly Reeves. So, that's and it. Brittany, where can we... Uh, my Instagram handle is BrittHow, B-R-I-T-T-H-O-W. Don't have Twitter. Facebook, Brittany Howard. Pretty yeah. simple. Having no Twitter, I feel like, is for the best sometimes... Twitter can be a pretty bad place. <laughs> I don't tweet. I just I just retweet, and I like like certain people's posts, but that's yeah. it. I never tweet like, oh, I'm eating breakfast. Like, no one needs to know that. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Reminds me of what Phil said when he was on here. He's just like, I could post that I'm eating a roast beef sandwich, but I don't care that I'm eating a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So why would anyone else care? That's funny. <laughs> nice. That's a good point. Oh, cool. And you guys obviously mesh really well just like sitting here having a conversation with you guys is clear that, like you get along mm-hmm. and you were both leaders on the teams that you played for so you were a three-time captain at ucla yes and then you were a captain on your high school team were you also a captain at stanford too senior year yes so two leaders though like on paper that seems like it'd be a good mesh but sometimes when you get two leaders that can also kind of be a recipe for a lot of headbutting how have you guys gone about just sort of figuring out? Because on any beach team, there's usually kind of one de facto leader and one, not like a follower, but someone who's just like, okay, you make the plan, they'll follow it. How have you guys gone about just kind of figuring out the personality differences and getting along as well as you do already? So this weekend was actually a really great, like, aha moment for us. There were definitely, you know, matches where one of us was having to carry more of the load and other vice versa in other matches and we would you know call timeouts or at technicals just kind of be like hey I'm struggling like bail me out here and it was me having that open dialogue with Kelly and Kelly having that open dialogue with me so I think we have the understanding that we're both there for each other and when the other one needs it we have the ability to take the reins but we're never fighting with each other to have that I think we both have leading abilities and positive energies that like helps us play together but it just kind of comes down to each situation whatever the other one needs we can deliver and help each other out of a tough time who's doing the coin toss me <laughs> first time yeah i always looked at what do we want I, I don't think i've ever done it really i think hayden sent me up there maybe once or twice we well, don't even he tired he yeah walk. you don't even call it they just like assign like the whatever the color or the cool ball and then they flip it and then they just ask. I don't even like having the uh, having to decide which side, like to serve from or whatever. I'm just like, I don't know. You choose, <laughs> whatever. You defer. Yeah, I defer. I defer. No, it's been fun. Yeah. Now, like with, with Huntington coming up, what do you guys think of the format? 
I'm always just so curious to see what other players think of it because this is just a colossal event with 48 teams, 16 Americans, a ton of international teams, yeah. like the best in the world. I'm excited for it. Um, it was actually funny. Like, we got back today, and I was just like, all right, getting ready for Huntington, like looking over the logistics, but it's going to be – it's going to be super fun. So those that are listening, please come watch. Um, I think it's just going to be really good for our sport to grow. And, like, some of us, I think I told you this last time, like, <clears throat> Fort Lauderdale is still on our home. But, like, a lot of us can't get to Fort Lauderdale. And with Huntington, it's, like, it's in our backyard for the most part. And it's such a cool community. I think it'll be really good for fans to kind of see what we do day in and day out. Like, I think it's awesome. I'm excited. Um It'll be fun to play against international teams, too, like some of the top teams, and it'll just be nitty and gritty. I'm ex- I'm just <laughs> – I'm super stoked. Like, it's going to be a cool event. Yeah, sure. it's going to be super rad. fun. I think it's both sides of the pier, nine courts. It's got to be with that many It's going to be – yeah, it's going to be huge, or as in the email, it's going to be a whole different animal. <laughs> so <laughs> we're stoked. Um, yeah, I think the more people that can come watch – That'd be great. The live stream will be going. I just yeah. got the call from MVP, so I'll be I'll Are be you? running the live stream for, oh, for one event. They're, they're bringing in the big dogs for the Amazon oh, that'll be fun. Uh, live stream that they're doing, but they can't do Amazon for the first event because FIVB has the rights to the TV rights, I guess, to it, so Amazon can't start yet, but that gives me a job for the first tournament. Hey. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> and just for our listeners, too, we may experiment with YouTube live streaming some of the matches in Huntington, the non-stadium courts, because I don't think the FIVB is streaming those. So no, it's going to be, I'll be on the stadium. So you'll be on stadium, yeah. so I'll probably be, unless I'm, I make it through the qualifier. So You're going to make <laughs> it. We have faith in you. You got it. But if not... Just reach and teach, not, scoop and deliver. Look for Travis. If it's windy, keep it low. <laughs> See, if you want to coach... Me and Skylar, Do you want me in the box? <laughs> we'll take you in the box. Perfect. We need some Gucci vibes in the box. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'll bring nothing but the Gucci vibes. I was talking to John today, and he did offer to coach us on Tuesday. So he would probably offer a whole different kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, is that Eric Zahn? Yep. Yeah, he's cool. He's funny. He's, he's funny. He's, he's a hoot. Yeah. We like him. And, well, with Huntington, too, so they did just start taking down the courts on the north side of the pier. So they start. They started building the stadium. It always freaks me out when they start building the stadium like a week before the event. It's yeah. incredible. They build a whole stadium in like three days. Well, same thing with like Norseka. Like we showed up like Thursday. Like the site was barely set up. But then like by the time we had our morning match, it was like a full on like arena, like super sick. Like, yeah, it's what? crazy. It's amazing how like quickly they can like build the infrastructure. I'm excited to see what center court's gonna look like. Yeah, me too. How was Santa Court in Mexico? Was it pretty cool? It was lit. Like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was going to say like, it. Because like, it was a night match? It was a night match. Like, night yeah. matches should be, like, Literally. the new thing. Like, it's super cool. Like, they had a cool, like, um, LED, like, Jumbotron. Jumbotron. They were blasting the tunes. Like, whoever their DJ was, like, DJ Boucher, like, this guy was busting the tunes. Like, full <laughs> max volume, though. Like, it was a little too loud, but... It was cool, like, you're just right on, like, the beach right there, and it's just, for me, it was like, um, I don't know if you ever played in, um, was it wood, the Wooden Center, kind of like an old high school gym, mm-hmm. but, like, you could just feel the crowd on you, and, like, everyone's cheering Mexico, like, Mexico or whatever, but, like, it was awesome. It was, like, such a fun arena to play in. It got super loud, 
And then the backdrop was so pretty, like the sun is setting, the sky lights up. It's like, how cool, this is your office, like this is your job. It's not a bad way to be. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, super cool. Yeah. Gratitude. What was more fun in Mexico, the play or the after parties? Because we hear that the after parties <laughs> were quite fun. <laughs> I've had I some think good, it's both. I've had some good in Mexico after parties. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah. It was fun, I think. Um, well, closing ceremonies was kind of late, so, but they had like a nice like party for us after, and it was just really cool. Like once the tournament's done, like everyone kind of comes together. You get to talk, you get to hang out, and just be people and get to know them on a personal level. And you know, there were a, uh, there was um, some dancing that went on. It was super fun. Um, some dancing. Yeah, we got to hang out with like uh, Canadians, and it was just such a fun time to just kind of you know, enjoy it. And I think that's what makes it all worth it. Like you go to war on the court and then you get to, you know, celebrate after with people that are actually cool. Other sports don't really have, like they definitely like hate their opponents at all times, but we like, we have to travel with our opponents and we're on airplanes together and eating dinners together. So it's like, it's not really worth your, your time to be mad at someone other than on the court. Not that you're mad at them, but you can't exactly be their friend. When you're stealing money from them. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the best dancer on the team? Out of us two? Yeah. Kelly was coming uh, down last night. <laughs> I had some good moves. I was, it was fun. It was super fun. Kelly uh, won last night. Yeah. What? Yeah. Kelly I, took round one. I took round one? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Cool. Like <laughs> All right. Take, take it. it. Count it. <laughs> And I don't, so I don't have the laptop in front of me, so I, I can't read all the fan questions. But I do know one for sure because it's kind of it's a funny question. Best abs on tour, you or Jeremy Casebeer? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, me or Jeremy Casebeer? Jeremy has a good body. Like, sorry. He has good abs. Like, he has a good abs. He has very good abs. I know him. We went to school together. So, Jeremy, if you're listening... Good body. <laughs> um, good job. I'm flattered though. That's cool that people would say that about my abs, but <laughs> yeah, I've worked hard for them. <laughs> yes, she does work hard for them. Wake up every morning before a match. We did like a little abs before. Just yeah, I felt really flattered. Them. Someone came up to us after one of our games and was like, "Oh, you guys have such great abs," and I just think that Kelly's are so great that like <laughs> mine. That you have abs. Not really, You're, but yeah. it's just funny. But yeah, Kelly has like amazing abs. Whenever I post pictures of her, people are just like, "Oh my gosh, her abs!" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, well, I'm, I'm hoping so to get a little pictures. tanner. I was pretty pasty, pretty white going into these tournaments. So it kind of looked weird, but I think I have a tan now. Yeah. Thanks for the. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> now before we wrap up, just wanted to make sure if we covered everything that you ladies wanted to cover. Anything that you want to add or wish we would have asked you that we missed? Uh, I think you guys hit the yeah. nail on the head. I mean, yeah. just to the fans that are listening, thank you. Um, we're really excited to play together this year, and if you see us at a tournament, say hi. Yeah, come watch. It's going to be a fun summer. We're very of, friendly. Don't what? be scared. Yeah, we're pretty friendly. We're nice. Maybe after a loss, Timing. just give us, yeah, give us some time. Yeah, give us some time but after a loss. <laughs> we're very approachable. Like, we, um, you know, we're just... We just like to have fun and just we love what we do. And I think it's super cool to just have this partnership and we're excited for it to grow and grow the sport in the best way that we can. Yeah, between you guys and the Wit Sisters, you definitely set records for most smiles and laughs on a podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> Sweet. 
the, the wits like started off they, they laughed before they even started talking I feel yeah like. they had that twin connection where like they kind of almost knew like the story that they were gonna say so they both started laughing and oh, yeah. they're hilarious that's cool now really important question do you guys have a team name yet Okay, we don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't. And so we're taking suggestions. I mean, our names combined are Belly. No, which absolutely is like, not. Team no. Belly is not, is not really what we want, especially with Kelly's amazing abs. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. It'd be one of those ironic ones, though, if you're Team Belly. But you're that would be, yeah. Rip team on tour. Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. No, I mean, I have my hashtag, Gucci. Brittany, Gucci. Brittany Gucci. says this, what is it, the how word Gucci. that you say? How Gucci of you. I know, right? <laughs> what? You say the word, like, shooters, like, all the time. Oh, I, yeah. I think you said it, like, 40 times in, Gucci like, a day. Shooters. Yeah, Gucci I don't shooters. say Gucci, like, that much. I've heard it, like, um, five times today. Today. <laughs> this is the most I've ever said it. I'm just, like, sure. trademarking it, branding it. I don't know where it came from. It just kind of happened, but... I like it. It's just a fun word to say, and it's just yeah. Gucci vibes. Like, I mean, it's like shoots or whatever. I, yeah, it's, I yeah. sent you um, my address to come here, and you sent back Gucci. Yeah, Gucci with the sunglass emoji. That's yeah. my guy. That's me. I'm an emoji. Just Perfect. kidding. But yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. One last question for you, ladies. So if you had to give advice to a young up-and-coming volleyball player, what would those words of advice be? Mine would be to just play as much as you can, play with whoever. Um, I kind of did that this off season, and just we talked about it before, but just I think playing the game, I think that's something that young players need to learn. Uh, yes, coaching is huge, but, I mean, you're, we're out there on our own, and we have to learn how to play the game. Um, so as many touches as you can, whatever ball it is, doesn't matter who your partner is, what net you're on, just play. It's super fun too. Like yeah. we, we just have so much fun doing what we love to do. So yeah. piggybacking off of that, my biggest advice would just be ball control with yourself. The classic bump set left right. Um, I grew up doing that a lot when I was bored. My siblings didn't want to play with me, <laughs> so I'd go outside yeah. and play with myself. Um, but yeah, I think that was just huge for. I mean, I'm six foot three, so that was just good for getting like my limbs and control and having ball control. So, yeah, just bump set yeah. right left to yourself. And then, and then to add, like for me, playing as much as you can, but then also like studying, studying the game too. Like watch other players, watch yourself. Um, I think that's just such a good way to kind of see the game differently too. Because, you know, it's just kind of... It's fun to watch old tapes, too. Like, I've watched a couple of videos of you, Try. Oh, you. Yeah, How so... Pretty good. <laughs> You're I a need, big block. I You're huge. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love... I spend a lot of time watching film. Not necessarily on me, but I watched on, like, other players. Even before, you know, back when it was the WPVA or when AVP was in its prime in the 2000s. It was rocking. Who, who are your favorite players to watch? Um, kind of old school players. I watched Liz Masakayan play, uh, Carolyn Kirby, um, and then Misty May, all those people. Like, and then I've kind of started watching, like, I've seen Rachel Walkhold around and Sean Scott, like, started watching them. Um, I just try and pick a match on YouTube and just kind of watch whoever, like Jenny Johnson Jordan, um, shout out UCLA Bruin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... There's so many great players out there, 
and everyone kind of has their own craft. And I think for beach, that's why I love it because you get to create your own craft. So, and just trying to find that, it's been such a fun journey. And just, yeah, the sky's the <laughs> <laughs> uh, But awesome. yeah. Well, this has been, this has been fun. Yeah. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed. Yes. Kelly, you're our first repeat guest on Sandcast. What? Yes, no. congrats. That's an honor. That's exciting. <laughs> cool. Well, good luck to you ladies in Huntington. We yeah. will be following along. Hope to get the news report back. Oh, we're doing it. For sure. Do you <laughs> want to be on it? Sure. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Right. Thanks for having us, guys. Well, shoots, everyone. Gucci vibes. Gucci out. Shoots. <laughs>